0: It is Sunday the 15th of January 2023 and this is episode 416 of Digital Outbox. CES has come and gone and therefore Digital Outbox is back on the airwaves. Hi, I'm Chris. Welcome to the new year. And Ian is back again. Of course he is. Hello, Ian.
1: Hey, good morning, Chris. And I'm just chuckling
0: that we're focusing on is it the 15th of January or is it the 13th of January and forgetting it's a new year. Yes, we didn't check that it did say 2023, but it did. So that's just as well because my brain didn't get consumed by trying to convert and speak at the same time. But yes, new year, CES come and gone and it's time for us to get going. Um, i guess i guess, normally it's really quiet between podcasts but we there, there's been enough going on and certainly elon uh, has been keeping us busy with some tech news uh, as we've been progressing through the christmas period um but we're going to start today's uh news with anchor and anchor you know you might well know the company from uh batteries i think is most people i think so cell phone batteries and extra sort of charging sticks and things like that uh, but they've come out and they've uh, produced a is it ufi it's like, i don't know if that's how they uh pronounce it but a camera um, uh, system and they, 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 they i guess the problem is they've been bleating on about how secure it is and how the data never leaves your phone or uh, never ever goes anywhere without your permission uh, but they've had a few issues to say the least where uh, someone's found an exploit and uh, they've been trying to figure out Uh, how wide it is but ultimately your streams can come your live camera streams from their uh, their remote sort of home cameras can be watched by a remote uh, without any encryption on it for just knowing a few uh, pieces of information Uh, and it's just been sort of developing as to how wide that issue is and how open to actual exploit it is. but it certainly doesn't sound like they've done them any good to their reputation as far as this and there's actually some yeah quite serious concerns
1: as every Glaswegian should do, I'll correct your pronunciation. And it's Yuffie, according okay. to a TechCrunch post from 2016 when Anker uh. launched the brand. Now I didn't realise Yuffie was an Anker brand until I bought an an- a Yuffie camera last year. Oh, you've got a Yuffie camera. This is why I've it's in the show notes Yeah, this is why it's here. <laughs> um, and one of the benefits of it was, um, that, you know, like most of Anker's things, really priced well but made well. You know, there's, there's you know, you buy and you know, an Anker cable. And, and it's got you know a, you know it's usually you know braided good quality don't break you can trust the brand same with their chargers their batteries and I I thought it equally applied to youfi who um, had good reviews and the camera worked really well um, but lo and behold um, yes you know the um, with no encryption some of the some of your frames could be going up to their servers which is a an absolute shocker.
0: Yeah so the, the, what they're saying they go not only are they going up to their service they're also available for you to get the output stream from so it's it's a two way thing. Uh yeah so it doesn't sound good. What this smacks of to me and I don't know whether this will come out in the wash or you know as we go along it sounds like anchor basically subcontracted this camera into and brought put their branding on top of it. That's what it almost feels like. I don't know whether it's an internally developed thing which is why we've got Anchor coming off and saying, oh, we've this definitely does this, because they've gone back to the original company or OEM and said, hang on, this is definitely doing this right. And they've gone, yes, yes, yes. So Anchor have come back and said PR statements to the effect of, no, he does, definitely doesn't do that, it can't possibly do it. And then it's actually been investigated by people who check these things and it can be done and you can go and get that live stream and data is moving where it shouldn't and it's moving around unencrypted. Um, so I what this does say, you know, you've talked about having good reviews and very much, and and in fact, some of the stuff that we post into our sort of show notes, when you click on it, it's just copy paste of the press release from a company. And I wonder how many. I know we have uh, companies who do, you know, pretty in depth reviews, but we certainly don't have companies that go to the extent of checking security. They just bleat and repeat back security um as is as is dictated to them in the press release. So normally copy paste verbatim. And I wonder whether there is something in this to say. It's taken potentially four years at the moment just for someone to actually hang on. Let's go and check that they're saying and doing what they're saying. I wonder whether there's something in that, and in our industry and in journalism, we do just repeat back. It's just, it's easy to copy paste. It's not easy to actually do the investigation.
1: And certainly the security researchers that found us. I mean, mean the I mean Anchor claimed that their um, encryption keys um, were all you know fully encrypted, unique, blah, blah blah, all that good stuff. But it's a plain text string um, and it appeared in a twenty nineteen GitHub repo. So, but that's
0: like I say, that sounds like Anchor reaching out to the original OEM, going, "Hang on, this is encrypted." And they go, "Yes, yes, yes." <laughs> yeah, um,
1: and, and, and I they copy pasted as well. I, I, it's a really, it's a really good point around the you know doing the thorough review because if you look at things like a TV review, you know, you see. There's certain sites, certain you know, certain sites will do it, um, and YouTube channels where they'll go to real in depth. They'll so measure it themselves. So they'll go to absolute town to prove that that TV, you know, is 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 you know, here's its playback. Here's the you know, here's the brightness. We'll measure it independently, and they get you know, and, and it makes sense for those channels because they get millions of views. They can re, you know, they can then invest in the technology, and that's their brand. They're building up trust in their brand. When you're talking about a twenty, thirty quid camera, and there's hundreds coming out a year, how do you do it?
0: Yeah, and it's dry topic. And would it get you know packet inspection is not the sexiest YouTube channel, is it really? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, but the the outcome of it is quite an interesting know, outcome. Your, but
1: you, your YouTube tastes are quite um, unique. So there may <laughs> be there, there may be some good, it, it's packet surprised. sniffing. <laughs> well, it's it's you, I, 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 we're chuckling. One of the security guys I follow on mastodon Uh have uh, he has he's had bigger engagement on tiktok than any other channel yeah which is found really odd because he's yeah. still talking about the same things but it's found an audience
0: yeah interesting and like i say we've seen it in the past these kind of these these packet inspections and actual deep dive reviews they've uncovered some pretty good stuff even from i say good juicy isn't you know it's not not good um, stuff from even Google and Amazon. I think we saw that there was some proof that there was data, phone home data going backwards and forwards and, and Google with their uh, Wi-Fi and all those kind of things. People were checking, uh, you know, we had that Wi-Fi location data that was going centrally back stored and, and it was packet sniffers who figured that all out. You know, it is only in, you get into those environments. Anyway, let's not move on, but there's, oh, there are, let's move on. But it's, you know, ultimately, I'm guessing we're going to hear more about this story and it sounds like a, a fairly sizable issue that needs to be uh, corrected. Um, the, the, whether they the, could the, do that remotely, the, who
1: knows. Verge and other journalists did some follow-up asking asking um, you to confirm um, I think they've got 12 security claims on their webpage, and instead they took most of them down. Yeah, so they actually just
0: took the them. again for a 20 to 30 pound camera which they might they might have sold quite a few of them but but you know ultimately we they invite do, these companies into our house and yeah, you know they we, do they
1: do a lot women I they do like two and three hundred quid cameras that they sit outside means it's just a little window camera that i was doing is a little it's almost like a proof kind of concept is, is this a good camera
0: but we invite people into our home and it's yep. and and ultimately it's their responsibility to sort of not disband their you know especially the claims if I, i've bought a, an old infrared camera off of like amazon which never had any of those claims it was just like here's a camera you put it on there and you kind of know that at that point it's pretty rubbish but if someone's saying no no all your data is entirely safe and privacy protected um you certainly i, I guess you have to <laughs> believe it to a certain extent because there's you know no way a common person is going to be able to uh to to sort of prove or disprove that Okay, we've got Apple self-service repair coming to the UK. We've, seen, we've talked about this on the channel already, and uh, yeah, it's more. It, yeah, this was the, the ridiculousness of that massive suitcase to repair your screen, um, but that is coming to us in that kind of um, you know self-fixing and, and modding kind of you know uh, environment. So again, same same kind of process. You can you can order these tools, and I think you have to pay a deposit, and uh, you can fix your your phone maybe a screen or whatever but have to be prepared that if you bust something or don't get something right then your warranty is uh removed so you know it's it's up to you they're kind of giving you the option it feels this really i don't know for for me this all feels a bit disingenuous in that they're doing it to sort of satisfy a demand but really the self-modding and the old sort of fix you know self-fixing ideas from the past were because things were designed to be easy to get into and easy to mod and I guess the convenience of having a really small and compact design is that we lose that and this is seems to be harking back to, I don't know if anyone's actually going to be interested in doing it.
1: I I still think it's a a, a tick the box from a law and and a kind of greenness perspective because that was the whole point of the right to repair, you know, so you've got reusability or you smash the screen I mean if you take iPhone 13 for example 16 tools, 61 steps to replace a screen and I need uh, to one page repair manual. Now, and I think they're
0: justifying why all these companies exist to do it professionally. And, exactly. And,
1: so you can either pop into Apple and do it for a couple hundred quid, pop into High Street, probably do it for half to two thirds yeah. of the price. Uh, and and that's why because they or have order all your the audio tools and get
0: charged more probably than the High Street. And yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, It's it's a tough one. I mean, like I say, this the right to repair and the fact that you can get in and play around with the device that you own uh, has been a thing. But I think in the Microsoft, you know the microcomputer age that's not so you know we're not talking about big install cards that you can slot in and out and change now it's you know but they've done it they've ticked that box and uh, they've made it as awkward as possible probably to do that but there we go uh we're getting karaoke on apple music Uh, they're using ai technology to allow you to sort of fade away the lyrics they use so the same kind of ai that can obviously identifies the voice and allows you to them to sort of do real-time captions well, you can use that same kind of technology, identify the voice and filter it out. It doesn't completely get rid of it, but it's enough to allow you to, to sing along. Uh, it, it works surprisingly well. You can still, if you pump the volume up, you can still just hear um, the the voice track in the background. But so believe not... me, you won't be able to hear that once you start wailing over the top of it. Exactly.
1: Um, so it actually works works surprisingly well. Um, there was some talk about that it might be, because it's not every track it works on, so there was talk that it might be around as they've been doing things with their fancy um, you know, audio and three D audio that they've maybe got all they these. They can isolate the voice and yeah. you can do it more easily. Um but it, it's it, it's weird Apple kinda dropped this and the next feature, you know, mid December. And it's usually this kind of thing that they would do at a you know, like a iPhone launch or WWDC. So it's just strange that they just kinda popped out of nowhere. <clears throat>
0: Maybe because it's coming up to the holiday period, and they think that's the yeah. key market for it. And um, and actually, if you don't do it now, what going to be twelve months before it's valid to do again. I
1: mean, the lyric. Um, so so the, the the kind of lyric display that they've got alongside Apple Music is really strong. I mean, there's a couple of third party apps I use for Apple Music and iOS, and it and by default has a lyric. You know, if you look at the little widget, and it's and it's it is almost feels like voodoo to me still because it's just how how in sync it is with it. And it's probably not. It's probably just basic tech, but I still find it's one of those things that I mean, you've got any any song and you know, it just looks feels like any lyric appears as well is it's really And nice.
0: it's talking about being able to identify duets as well, is that right? Is or does it is that still coming? I, I'm not sure. It's something about the fact it can identify the two different voices, but anyway, um I could just be making that up and I'm just gonna step away from that comment. Um, let's move on to the Apple launches end to end encryption for iCloud data. So, I've been talking about this uh, for a while now, but you can, in, in the US soon, you will be able to enhance uh, your end to end encryption so that effectively no one can get hold of your encryption data. Even Apple wouldn't be able to unlock it for you. Um, so, it's kind of just that next step beyond. Um, uh, and, yeah uh, whether it will come out further than the US I think there's a lot of international laws around encrypted data and but, transmission no, of it will, it. So, yeah. it will
1: come out so, so I think there was even one of the interviews with, with, was with Federigi and he was like he you was know, asked about China and he was like well why not they have not said no um, but I probably because he didn't know this feature was coming because this will stop um, you know so nobody will be able to access your backups nobody will be able to access your messages because right now you know messages you know
0: aren't encrypted Um so it's a. My understanding was that data was already done in that way, though. I mean, I don't know if it's just you know, was, maybe they've got some was, workarounds or maybe a setting yeah, you can turn on or off. I don't know. There was
1: there was certain parts that I'd need to go and Google to show you which parts of your data are currently encrypted. Um, so it's weird things like your, all your health data, you know, was was encrypted. It wouldn't show your phone if you've not unlocked it. And it's like, I don't. Somebody wants to see how many steps I've done today. <laughs> no,
0: it's no yeah, for deal. you it's not important, but for yeah, people for who. It will be really important, uh, yeah. Exactly. You know,
1: especially if it's in some way, it's, you know, could be used as a, you know, to discriminate, you know, or. Well, in America, yeah.
0: In America, they need to pay for insurance, and insurance companies sure would like that data, yeah. Um, So, yeah, so, um, you know,
1: backups, text messages, contacts, um, they were never fully end to end encrypted before. uh, With with this launch, it it now is. um, And but but you need to get every device up to date so yeah. it's like there's a whole there's a whole get all your devices up to date get all your software up to date then you can switch it all on
0: and it's your responsibility if you lose that password you lose the access you are alone there's nothing anyone can do to recover it all those kind of things and, and precautions and yeah so you know it will mean that you again Regular consumers, do you want that level of uh, protection for data which you might consider to be, you know, not uh, too, you know, bothersome uh, if someone found out um, you have to make that decision? uh, Like I say, extra security does mean extra risk as far as if you lose access, you've lost access, you've lost that data.
1: But but they've put in some smart things where you can, I can set you up as a, as a, a recovery contact, you know, and you've got part of the encryption key and you can, you know, help, you know, recover Um, so it's not all just tied tied back to you um interestingly alongside this they also dropped um i think it was two years ago remember they were talking about doing the on device um scanning for child
0: pornography that's
1: all been dropped well Um, i guess because
0: again well i guess the yeah the only place you could do that then is on the device itself yeah, and it, it was looking became,
1: for signatures. It just became too controversial around what they were doing, how they were going to alert people, what it was, what it was, what it was trying to do. Um, and a lot of privacy advocates are, are saying, "Well played" for actually dropping that now. Obviously, a lot of the charities are are trying to dealing stop with the output of it, yeah, yeah. You know, that they so do, it's, a, it's a, I mean, they they really they really. It's one of the rare missteps where I don't know if you can remember. There was like probably six weeks where they kept on bringing out a more senior executive to kind of try and explain why this was a good thing and they all had their talking points and it was like you are you're really struggling with this now.
0: I have to say, I mean that there, there is a debate going on in society at the moment, certainly over here in the UK where the online uh, data protection no eight no, online privacy provis- no, what is it? The online something protection bill. Um and it look we're getting told by um a lot of charities, a lot of people who are like I say, dealing with the out. The outcomes of child abuse and things like that that this is a widespread issue, and the police are saying, if you hide this data away from us and make it so we can't get hold of it, then we're losing another really you know key way of us protecting people. However, you've got the privacy side of things which is this is my data, and uh, you know and there are legitimate reasons why you don't want anyone else using that data, whether that be to, to stop people being able to farm your uh like your bank details all those kind of things financially sort of maintaining security and stuff like that and it's such a tricky balancing act but we i mean we've always i think it'd be right for me to say on this podcast we've always been about privacy as key and you know protection of that data because as soon as privacy and data is uh loose and available to one person uh to, to to law enforcement for example then it's available to nefarious and uh you know, nefarious users who could go and steal that data. Um, but there is definitely another side of that, which is yeah, protection online. We're going through it with this bill, and it always seems like um, we never get the true experts who come to a nice conclusion. It, it's always it's either we get the the overly you know you cannot protect any of your data, and therefore all of our security services who can't be trusted, as we've seen in the past. They've as soon as they they get nice tools to allow them to unlock data. They uh, they quickly go and do unlock that data, and they have previously illegally spied on citizens and things like that. Anyway, it's a whole massive discussion. It's not, we're not going to be able to solve it on this podcast, but it, it's a, it's kind of one of those discussions again. A bit we talked about earlier, packet sniffing. It's is not a, an exciting, sexy topic, and I think privacy and protection like that is also not an exciting, sexy topic that's going to get everyone involved and in realizing quite how important it is.
1: I bet it's a fundamental to all. Or devices and technology now. What you know with everything being, you know, everything is stored in the cloud. You know whether we like it or not. There are very few services now that don't in some way touch, you know,
0: a cloud service or are not stored locally. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's and there's clever people out there who are able to get hold of that data. end to encryption is one of the ways of stopping that from happening, or at least adding another protection layer. Um, but it it's say it has downsides to it as well. Um, having fully secured data prevents us being able to stop harm in society in some ways um, and it doesn't really seem to matter how <clears throat> important security is to a company LastPass has had their their LastPass which is a, a password or one of the biggest password uh, sort of I don't know what you call them consolidation services so essentially LastPass will store all the passwords for all your other sites so that you can have passwords which are sort of not, you can't just write them down. They can be, you know, 256 characters long. It will do all the work of storing that and encrypting it. Um, and last pass of have their vaults, uh, or backup vaults, stolen from their services by a hacker. And ultimately, that means that whilst the data in there is still encrypted and um, and is tucked away, there's nothing they can do to stop them being able if they brute force attack and just try for different passwords against different uh, vaults they eventually will be able to get into various well last passes no doubt, and there's nothing the user can do at this point um so and for a security firm which promises um to protect all your passwords, this is a really bad look. This was a while back, and I think ultimately things are unlocked you know and un- coming out as more and more issues from that hack because I think it also included customer data like emails and uh some financial data and things like that
1: uh it did i mean it's,
0: this is a horrible one and unfortunately LastPass. last pass i think out of all
1: the you know, password managers that are out there they're, they're the ones that have been uh most leaky i think that's been four or five times now they've had some sort of you know
0: you know well it's I, either I, that or they're the most honest <laughs> yeah i think you're right though
1: uh, yeah, I mean I mean what was interesting about this one is because they put out a statement initially explaining what had happened. Again, some security searches I follow were like, that's not that is, you know, you are, at best being, you know, economical. At worst you're just lying around, yeah. around what's what's happened. Very unusually one password actually put out a statement. Um and and but also really you know, and again it's back to the who do you, who do you believe, but but they took the view that they couldn't sit on the sidelines and just let what was being said by LastPass um, go because it was a it was actually you know hurting the whole industry how they were describing what had happened and that your data is still safe your data was not safe um, no it's so, currently
0: having a jackhammer attacked and, and as yep. long as your password was fully secure then you're right but if uh, if it wasn't then or if it's dictionary or anything else that users do because it's easy and convenient then yes you're bit of trouble
1: Uh, yeah you know so if you've used an easy password into you know a service that then has you know whatever other passwords like you know 50 characters tough they've got it (laughs) potentially
0: and let's say there's nothing you can so what they've said is obviously you can go and change your passwords across everywhere and services like lastpass have options normally to sort of streamline that a little bit uh, but nevertheless the you will then have to go through and, and and change all those which again is is inconvenient but it's something else that you are now responsible for doing the data is out there and there's nothing anyone can do to pull that data back therefore the only way to do it is to change your last pass password your master password and change all your sub passwords that are sat with it in it um and uh yeah it's like i say for a for a company which is key selling point is to secure your passwords is. It's it's the last thing they want to happen, and I'm sure OnePassword and and Dashlane and all the other services that do similar are you know c- glad it wasn't them, uh, and 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 hopefully doubling down on what they what they're up to. But this was a this was an engineered attack where they actually they got someone's uh, security key, someone who was legitimately out to access those servers, and we're seeing that more and more. These aren't hacks of actual software weaknesses or hardware weaknesses; they are hacks, engineering of humans essentially soft. Software, soft software. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Um I, I, but what I would say is if you're a LastPass customer, I would seriously look at you know, you mentioned Dashlane and one password, you know, Bitwarden. If you're all on Apple, you know, Apple iCloud chieftain's actually got a lot easier to do and do a really good service, including um making they've actually got a password manager in Windows now as well. Um but it's tucked away in Apple. It's it's like it, it they, they need to kind of surface it out of the
0: settings folder and just say password manager. Or maybe they're just not that interested in doing oh, that no, for are. these
1: very reasons. No, I so think they-, they are. They've got a team of six or seven, and they've 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 really went to town around um, around how you get your passwords in there and secure. It's it's actually a really good service. Um,
0: right, we will see more, but like you say, it's hard to recommend uh, a firm once. I mean, I've used one pass in the past, and I haven't really sort of well, I haven't, last pass, sorry, in the past, and I haven't really thought about well, am I involved in that, and what should I do off the back of that. Um, um, I did close I think I closed that like can but I might not have done right I better go and after this <laughs> I better yeah, go and exactly. see what I've got to go and do <laughs> exactly.
1: So, and I'm, and I'm, with, I'm still with 1Password um with kind of eyes looking eyes looking at the apple option going should i just kill all that and just just put it all into Well,
0: password's always been extremely as slick as a thing it just wasn't very well done on pc it was a sort of afterthought yeah, i know it was because yeah. it came out as a, a mac only or you yeah. know that kind and, of solution
1: same same on android so when i when i was using an android device at work it was like ooh, this feels rough you know
0: compared to yeah and bit. interesting so i ended up on Dashlane, um but, you know interesting um end solution and and they're a bit clunky as well, but they're less clunky than LastPass, not as slick as 1Password, but their cross-performance uh, is better than a 1Password. Uh, they well, my last use of each of those uh, softwares, So
1: you, Yeah, so 1Password, interestingly, um, has taken lots of VC money, um, realising that Apple's you know, they need to be on every platform. So their latest version is no longer um, Mac native. It's a Rust language. Um, uh, okay. and, and the app on uh, Mac just isn't as published.
0: Yeah so it so you, you take the hit on Mac but you open it up to wider yep. platforms ultimately yep. Yeah. Nice. All right. Um <laughs> more leaks on the way TikTok has admitted to using the app to spy on reporters. So ultimately <clears throat> whilst they said they would never do this they have they've taken reporters and used their IP addresses and they've tried to match IP addresses of those reporters to location data that was alongside other people to try and figure out who was leaking data to reporters. And they actually went back and did analysis on who was where at what time next to specific accounts, which were reporters that had reported this stuff. Uh, They said they'd never do that. Uh, They have done it. It's been proven and they've admitted to it. They've had one person sacked, another person resigned, Um, but obviously... That's had far-reaching consequences, especially in the US at the moment, where they're going to stipulate that no politician can have TikTok uh, applied anywhere. And obviously they're going to... It's not a good look for a Chinese company to uh, to do exactly what they said they'd never do, which is use their software to spy on someone. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a shocker. Because
1: um, TikTok was... The, I'm sure it was TikTok was a big thing when Trump was in power and they were trying to force they're trying the They trying to get rid of it, yeah. And was it not... Was it Oracle ended up... Doing something around their back-end data was it? I, was yeah, it, it was something
0: along those lines that they, they had to be an intermediary firm because that they couldn't go directly to China and it was all someone made an offer to store all the data in the US, but I don't think that ever came to pass in the end. Know, Not it's sure about that.
1: Says it has become routing American users' data to servers owned by Oracle, um, okay. and that's just from 2022. Um, <clears throat> it's interesting, but but yeah, it's I mean it's a pretty horrendous that they've actually you know targeted a set of reporters this way it's... when when you have that honey part of
0: data and no, you want to find something out it's so I easy know. to dip your little fingers in and have a little slurp of the honey so and,
1: and we'll, we'll, we'll come on i mean i mean we'll be touching it when we're talking about twitter shortly but musk has certainly been doing it i mean he is actively um taking journalists that have criticized him and deplatforming them on twitter you know and it's proven it is it is a you know, and again, that was always a worry around TikTok. It was always a worry around some of these you know, some of these kind of global platforms. And do you really want private companies having access much power and control? TikTok,
0: you know, all this is it all for advertising money? Do we have these platforms just to generate advertising money? Are they there for other reasons? We've spoken about Discord. How the heck does Discord function? There's an awful lot of data going flying around, but it's you know, it's it's. Uh, interesting um england has just made gigabit internet legal uh, legal requirement for new homes so the ability to have access to gigabit broadband connections is going to be a legal requirement so ducting and everything else you need to get a cable into your house will be a requirement for any new builds and i think with also an addition to the um laws around if you are a leasehold um of a property and so you you own that property but it's part of a, a wider landlord-owned building um, then you now have the right to if the landlord doesn't come back within 35 days you can go ahead and install broadband whereas currently you can't do that without the actual building owner's permission Um, and I think they're making enhancements to that Uh, there is still yeah landlords can still protest and say you can't do it but as long as they do reply whereas most people end up they they ask their landlord and nothing ever gets uh, sent back so I think that's uh, an interesting development sounds quite positive
1: it, it, it does i mean we see we see lots of laws getting passed and you wonder is that is it realistic is it a is it the right thing to do and this feels this feels like a sensible thing to do that you know you, you've got an expectation that if you move into a, a new home that it has the opportunity to have you know fast you know because fast fast internet is just I mean, it's let's just say fast and reliable internet is it's just to me it's, it's a utility I I don't. I, I think see, it is now, I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't see internet. I I, I joked when I, and I moved in here about nineteen years ago. I joked when we moved here that um, you know the, the internet connection was like utility for me. and People were chuckling, and I was
0: like, no, but you're you're going to everything's going to hang off this. So that would be first thing to look at for if I was buying a house. What internet connection? Can yeah. it have? Because ultimately, that's my whole world of business. You know, yeah, I need it, ass- and it needs to be reliable ass- and strong.
1: Yeah, because you assume you've got a water connection, you've got gas, you've got power. You know, so yeah, that's an assumption. But the internet connection is always a bit of a what has it got? What yeah, you're not going to and- move into yeah. a
0: house not having checked that it's plumbed into the sewage, or you know, it's got a way of doing all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, but yeah, so I would say a reasonable extension, and I would even say why not have uh, you know properly networked houses? I know we most modern. Yeah, I think a lot of modern houses do have sort of network ethernet cable plugs alongside standard plugs. It seems like an easy extension. You're routing wires around. Why not just also route ethernet connect- uh, connections around? And uh, uh, But anyway, this is only the ducting and the ability to allow you to put a connection in. It doesn't say you're actually going to have a, a connection outside your door ready to connect up. Um, but nevertheless, it's you need the ducts there to allow it all to happen. It's certainly around my house, we've been having lots of work done around the whole uh, sort of it's like it's a village officially but it's kind of the size of a town i'd say where having to put ducting into every single house around the village. is it's a massive operation you know just incredible how many if you think how many houses and homes it's getting done to it's a huge thing all right so i mentioned before about twitter and how all hell broke loose over sort of the off period but uh the hell has not continued or has not settled and the latest one is that the major third-party Twitter clients have all stopped operation. Um, and my understanding was that this was a this is this sounds like an API access revoke. It's not something's broken because other systems are still working, but uh, seems like someone's clicked to revoke access uh, on a number of API uh, clients.
1: Uh, yes, I think the revoke certificates or it feels like the kind of top twenty, twenty-five Twitter clients. Um, so this took place um kind of Thursday night, Friday morning. Um, so so something bad did happen on Friday. Um the and, and it's it's really disappointing. So I've I've kind of fully moved over. I've still got I still got a third party Twitter client um that is working because um, 'cause I'd stopped using you know, so the main ones are th- on on certainly on Mac iOS were so things like Tweetbot and Twitterific um, who were, you know if you look at Twitter they're the ones that you know, brought in, you know, ones like Tweet and you know brought in little bird icon, they were the first ones to do that, it wasn't Twitter themselves um, so it's just a shame to see the developers that have poured you know, what is that, 12, 15 years, you know, of effort and have went through hard times with APIs, and that was one of the reasons I initially signed up to master account back in 2018, was Twitter's threat around API access um, And I and I was just like, well I I enjoy Twitter as a platform because of the benefits of the third-party app. I mean, it's not about hiding adverts. If they wanted to force, um, if they wanted to force the third-party app to, to to show adverts, fine. It was back to algorithms. It was back to forcing content on me and things that I didn't want to see. I like to see it in order. Um, particularly around, you know the way I use Twitter as a platform as a kind of news and event type thing. You could see events unfolding. Whereas if you look at the algorithmic. Um, we of working. It was just all over the place for me. Um, so yeah, um, the apps, um, the apps. So it was it was the developers of Mastodon were basically saying, "Oh, um, don't know if the APIs down." Um, but then, as I said, I'm using a a, a different third-party app now called Spring, um, and because it's newer, it has a much smaller user base, and it
0: still works. So the APIs are still up. So it's um, not the API service that's gone down. It is no. actually access revoked for various. Yep.
1: And, and there yeah. was there was some chat on Friday. I, I know later in the day on Friday and then Saturday. Is, into, is, is it an attempt to try and stop
0: spam bots? Is it an attempt to try and, you know. I, I... Yeah, that, that, what they can do is hide behind all the fact that they have trimmed everything down to the core and therefore they could come out and just say, oh, we've had a problem with yeah, our yeah, API server. Yeah. May yeah, not but, It may not wash, but nevertheless, that's what they can off. say. Uh,
1: so, so so weirdly so weirdly nobody has done anything you know nobody's made any official statements around it but the information has got somebody from inside Twitter and it has been a targeted attack on these you know ten to twenty popular um,
0: third party apps. And uh, given that it's advertising revenue that the you know Twitter lives off of, again, it's not a very good look at all. Um, you know, anyway, uh, who knows I, what? I the, do wonder. Well, and, I do wonder
1: if you look at the. If you look at the because I mean, the the Twitter app itself went through some changes this week, which forced some timeline changes again, which again people were unhappy about. Um, but it's all around um, tying um, getting your eight dollars a month, and 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 even that was that was something I was thinking through. You know, if they wanted to say right, if you want to use a third party app, you need to pay your eight dollars. I'd be like, fine, I'll just stop using Twitter. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm I, deserved, I, I, I would not give yeah. Musk any money. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just that these behaviours, you know, as I said, it's been proven that he's targeting, you know, he's targeted journalists, he's targeted Twitter accounts that is that have individually, you know, either slagged him or Tesla off. It's it's pretty ugly. It has felt pretty ugly. Um, and and also, you know, allowing people back on the platform that were that were banned for, I think, good reasons, and he's like, no, free speech. And in free speech we can see now is i'll switch off some third party you know you know apps without any explanation as i said the ones i feel really sorry for the developers you know they've built a livelihood off this yes there's a risk that you build a livelihood off a api access onto a platform um but it does mean they're now doubling down on you know some i use ivory for you know as my main Mastodon um app now that's from developers tweet what, what a fantastic app and I'd, I'd pay them you know i'd, I'd pay the money today even and they're like it's too rough it's like, no, let, let, let me be, the, uh, uh, what a difference it actually makes to Mastodon it itself. The Mastodon apps are t- pretty basic. Well, they're getting
0: a lot of focus now and therefore yeah. they will get some money coming in. But as we've already discussed off, offline, you know, you get more people, more community, wider opinion base, more people wanting different things. The core of what that service was to those original users disappears and they then start feeling a little bit jaded that, that what they had is now lost.
1: Do. don't ask for quote tweets or quote tweets on Mastodon it's, it's, it's been an argument running for about 20 days now because one prominent journalist said
0: platform won't be right until we can do this oh. I, I, and and this is the thing a problem is that you get everyone's different requirements and Mastodon maybe not have been the, the correct replacement for Twitter but it was the one that was available at the time which seemed to give the you know it was the antithesis to to it anyway We will see how that all develops, like I said, at the opening CES has happened, which is why we're back talking to you uh, on the podcast. Uh, And I didn't pay too much attention to to CES this year, actually. Uh, Nothing really sort of pinged me, uh, you know, massively, Um, but we've nevertheless had the kind of developments, and they haven't necessarily been such stupid developments that we've seen sometimes at CES in the past, which we kind of go, that's never going to fly, it's looking for uh, solutions to a problem that doesn't exist, but... Monitors, ultimately, we've got now monitors that are kind of coming up towards that Apple um, display kind of fidelity. So we're talking about 5K, 6K monitors with, you know, high refresh rates, massively high pixel density uh, and, uh, you know, really high uh, sort of vibrancy. Uh,
1: yeah, there's been no real competition to that Apple cinema display and, and again it's a five six grand monitor so there'll be lots of people going well don't want to pay five six grand um, but Samsung and Dell have come up with a couple of options I think the Dell will be a lot cheaper um, because it, it it looks a lot cheaper and it's not got the technology that's there but it's got the it's got the dots per inch and for a lot of people I mean, it, and me included I, I stick my monitors on an arm I don't really care about the you know the stand it comes with I'll, it'll be if I buy a monitor it'll go on a, it'll go on a monitor arm And the Samsung one, again, you know, it looked like a real competitor. The specs are right up there. As usual, we see, yes, lots of specs, but no price. So we'll probably need to wait, you know, what, three to
0: six months? The the thing is, they know that all they have to do is beat six grand. And so it's, you know, ultimately. Um, I, I think we, again, I spoke to you about this offline. And obviously monitors in the PC world are very much... Can be gaming focused or not gaming focused these monitors are not gaming focused because even the latest graphics cards cannot well they can shuffle pixels around that quickly but actually gamers choose not to because what's more important is refresh rate um so this is a kind of different side to you know what who are these monitors for you know i guess it's graphics and design something along those lines because again maybe someone doing video editing on high really high quality yeah, video yeah. but but generally speaking you work at lower resolutions when you're doing that because you know again you, you don't want things chuntering along because graphics cards need to move all those pixels so i, I i'm i a bit stuck as to whether i think these are i mean they're, they're probably six grand for a reason that they don't get produced in any massive volumes at the moment because they know that the the need for them is not so high but then again again i don't see where that you know you know the progression i sometimes don't see the need for like you know new hardware but then it makes more sense over time as things you know things like graphics cards get more powerful and they can move around those pixels and then why wouldn't you
1: uh, yeah I, I mean it's you I know mean, i'm certainly here going it's for professionals but but even you know i've got a, a dell 27 inch and I've got my thirty-four inch ultra wide in the middle, and I, and I know the colour reproduction ultra wide isn't the best. You, know, you can you can just send, you can see the difference if I move even just a, a picture I've taken. If you move between both, and I, no matter how much tweaking I do, can't can't get it to the the same you know fidelity. Um, so there's a you know I think there's a in some ways I always look at the you know these high ends, and you know over you know three four years time that'll start to drift down, and you you will get some options here. I mean some of the gaming what not options where, I mean, Samsung's now got the, um they've now got their, their, um oh God, what was it, the 49-inch ultra-wide? I can't remember his brand name, uh, but it's that. still an OLED option. And it, and it just was like, that looks phenomenal. Um Yeah. Uh, so, it's, yeah.
0: Uh, you know, it's a, it's a rich time for monitors and gaming. And, uh, it's, you know, it's OLED, the fact that, I, I remember when we talked years ago on the podcast about one of the first commercially available OLEDs, and it was, it was something like a 27-inch a screen was going to cost you 10 grand or even more. And it was like, oh, you know, everyone was talking about how amazing this stuff. And now you can get, you know, 66-inch screens for, you know, under, well, towards that thousand-pound mark or even whatever. It's just, it's bonkers how that technology moves on and how, uh, you know, it does filter down. So why well, it's important to look at those kind of so leaders.
1: Should, yeah, no, I totally agree. We should maybe just talk, touch on TVs and because CES has turned into... Um, you know, like all of the manufacturers show you the TVs again, don't show you the price. The difference this year, Sony didn't bring the TVs; um, they wanted to focus on their car partnership with. Honda I'm not. And,
0: yeah. and, I'm not sure Sony relevant in the TV. I know they kill make TVs, but so I don't know whether pro- they've. I they don't, don't think they can make as good TVs as LG and and, and
1: Samsung so, for the so same price. Last year, they probably had TV of the year, uh, which was using a Samsung panel, but they're using their smarts around the Samsung right. panel. So they, um, yeah, So they're not doing the bits product, they can do. Yeah. So they're not doing It's, it's almost like you know. It's like it's, to me, they've turned themselves into an Apple. So Apple are going to take like a Samsung screen and then wrap something around about it and say that I can make a better product than you can. And Sony, I think last year certainly did that with the with the TVs that they brought
0: out. And Rather like, than spend money on panels yourself when you know they're not going to be yeah. as good as this, you know these yeah. these corns, yeah. um,
1: But they wrapped their smarts around it and the brand, and they said we yeah. can provide a you know a, an overall better TV experience. And the TVs this year, um, so again Samsung showed up with their um, QD OLED, and that seems to be accepted. Almost as if like that's 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 the best TV you can get right now if you can get a QD OLED uh, panel from Samsung. And they're now chasing brightness, so they're all talking about like two thousand nits brightness. <laughs> and when I come LG, as I said to just before we started the pod, I find that sometimes I find the brightness is, is too much, and that's but that can be mode, you know just with
0: the. Again, I've watched a couple of those channels on YouTube talking about all the different... The, quite oftentimes, the brightness of these screens, and especially the last gen that we're sort of on, can vary depending on, um, you know, if if the whole screen is white, it will be a lower brightness than it is um, when, the, you know, there's sort of just highs and lows within the picture. So there's all sorts of fidelity that real screen geeks get very excited about. But I'd still say that in my lounge, if the windows are open, the sun's streaming in my tv whilst incredibly great at you know nighttime and in a darkened room i'd still say it suffers quite a lot so uh, that's probably why they're searching for it is more for that everyday all situation kind of brightness that you that you need if you're going to be sitting in a sun sun sun-drenched room i think that's probably what they're going for
1: um yeah you, you, you 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 are right um there's and it's and it's one of those things i mean brightness If you look at what Samsung are promising at the 2000 nits, but also LG are saying they've got, they've taken their technology, which seems to be playing catch up to the QD OLED from Samsung, and they've put, you know, hundreds of lenses in front of each pixel on the screen to try and get more light coming through. And they've said that that their TVs this year are 70% brighter. So it seems to be be brightness is the thing that they're now trying to, you know, could be the problem they're it.
0: trying to solve, which isn't a problem that like, But it, yeah, it,
1: it, it could be. But I think I think we seem to have reached a we seem to have reached a kind of maturity that's that like eight K has been dropped. So eight K last year was getting talked about, and it's like what what's what are you on about? There's no update. There's there's still even you know if you look at four K content, there's not a tremendous amount of four K. Never mind trying to chase this eight K. And we seem to be now settling down into the point you've made. You can spend you know, £1,000 and get an amazing looking OLED TV at a really good size. And you're getting, you know, you, you
0: don't have to spend two grand, two and a half grand to get an amazing picture. And if you've got an 8K TV and you're only showing 4K content on it, you get all those other issues around sharpness, blurriness, all those things that you're trying to get rid of. So therefore, the bandwidth of actually pumping data out to these TVs is less than that. So 8K will become relevant one day when bandwidths and data shuffling is not, you know, gets... Progressively better, um, but it's not right now. And for most people sitting in their living room, a whatever the size screens we've got now, and um, sitting where we sit in the living room, you're not going to have any discernible benefit from having an AK 3 It's only no. when you start getting to mammoth, you know, stadium size screens that you're going to start actually seeing the benefits there. So uh, that's why I think it'll be a, a while away yet. Um, but yet, and and I, I'm guessing most of the new TV sets are proper 2.1 HDMI. Um, right, because that was our generation. There was kind of that me- intermediate ground of I don't know. They called it two point something, didn't they? it was a two point one. it was a two
1: point one, and but you could have two point one that didn't support all the features, and, and that's where
0: we ended up. Yeah. But it actually didn't in, in real world uh, operation. Didn't make, didn't any, make difference. any difference at all because all the consoles supported it as they should. Um, but now the 2.1 just makes it even, you know, it's a fatter pipe, essentially, which can think, carry more think, data. Yeah, I think the
1: year we bought, we were lucky. Um, I know a couple of people that bought the year before and um, they didn't get, you know, like the VRR, for example. You know, that was part of the thing that makes a difference in the consoles so that you don't notice the, you know, chugging that can go on. We just, we just don't see it um, in their TVs that they are seeing it. Uh, but but there seems to be, a, as I said, it seems to be brightness, um, and the designs so of Samsung's frame, there was lots of clones of Samsung's frame, which is this idea of it looks like a bit of wall art, um, there's no other buttons and controls and it's all, everything's, you know, the same all around about it. That seems to have um, caught on as there was lots of competitors, and there, there are people buying it, even though it's a lesser TV from a quality perspective, because it fits in the home. And um, some people,
0: that's all, that's all that matters, uh, yeah? Yeah, yeah all right let's talk um is it Qi 2 uh this is the wireless standard uh ch- wireless charging standard um and it sounds like they're trying to make that more globally accessible across different brands different providers
1: uh, yeah it's apple and, and it's been an apple focused podcast but apple have donated the magsafe standard into Qi 2 which seems to have been accepted um so so right now if i take an iphone um, and I, I walked up to a, a you know, a, a, a MagSafe stand. It would clunk, and and it would it should mean that I'm charging at the most optimum rate. And I don't wake up in the morning and it's not charged because at the moment, if you just, you know, if I just put a, a phone without MagSafe down on a charger, it might not be perfectly aligned. I might wake up, you know, it's not charged. So that seems to be an attempt to try and say, for if you're an Android or you're an Apple, um, you'll be able to. Hopefully, in the future, uh, wirelessly charge more efficiently. And the problem for me with wireless charging is it's still not an efficient way of charging. Uh, so, the MagSafe it's makes very it... un- unenvironmentally friendly, as I yep. can tell. MagSafe makes it slightly better, and because you're aligning with the charging elements, you're getting the most optimum charge. Um, but it still it
0: still feels convenience over. Definitely. Zero. And not even that much of an inconvenience, right? No putting a cable in to charge it. Anyway. I, I had a yep. couple
1: of wireless chargers I just stopped using them. I'm just, I'm just plugging in. I'd, the devil on me did wonder, is this Apple's way around of being mandated to use USB-C? We'll, we'll, we'll donate our MagSafe standard to G 2 and we'll just take all cables away. Just um, get rid of them, yeah. Uh, which would be... It, that would be horrendous, I think. Because it would force... It, I, I, I get the convenience of wireless charging, but it's... But it you forces know, you to do it, yeah. Yeah, it's so suboptimal.
0: And it doesn't mean... And, car chargers all those kind of things When you're in your Mm -hmm. car you don't you're not going to have that automatically plugged into you you know buy a new car (laughs) well that's yeah (laughs) matter what's the matter matter is a home sort of device standard and it looks like uh we've heard for years that many many providers are saying yep we will eventually get our products and services attached to this matter which is like say a common standard across different uh, providers rather than getting locked into this that or the other amazon or apple or google or whatever else uh, solutions will uh, exist uh but and it looks like um those devices which are matter compatible is is kind of a, been a big thing at CES this year
1: uh, yeah, so we've seen definite plans rather than just saying we'll support it we're actually seeing devices uh, release dates how you know how the big four for so your apples amazon's um google samsung's are going to update to support matter um so that that it was almost like that was the kind of one of the big trend takeaways that matter really landed and um, because it's been talked about it for 18 months and you know not really got there
0: so yeah and, really... and everyone knows it's it's important because you just yeah, don't want to absolutely. get locked into one another the then you've then you've got to make a choice about the whole ecosystem rather than thinking well i want this from there and that from there and that yeah. and i think everyone's realized that they want to get their devices out there so you know let's get a common standard and it makes
1: sense that you can use any any of your home, you know, any of the home, you know,
0: speaker solutions. You can yeah. you can talk to any device. They're Consumers all don't care about; it. they just want it to yep. work. Well, they yep. want and they want their privacy to be protected, so they don't want their IP <laughs> streams going out unprotected. <laughs> take note um lenovo dual screen laptop so this is like a clamshell laptop where there's a screen at the bottom and a screen at the top there you've pasted in uh the kind of lenovo's own company press release and read that press release for a bit of fun as to why they're, they're trying to big up this massive it's concept fantastic. and how important and how innovative and, and you're thinking yeah fair enough and it, I mean, it basically i think we we saw it with the the original microsoft uh i don't know i think they called it their surface tablet it's or something off, like that surface book yeah something along those lines yeah but this is a laptop that does the same kind of thing uh,
1: yeah i I, really, I just really like the premise um of having and, and again it's probably because i just like more screens I've, i'm a, i'm quite screen obsessed and um, so the more space it's up on a laptop that you can you know you know dedicate the better and this was quite unique because you also you also have it as like a kind of two screen plus a keyboard Whereas yes other ones weirdly class,
0: yeah. <laughs> just get this wrap around exactly vertical I like, stand
1: okay so I, I i do think it's something there i, I think it is pretty niche
0: but I, uh, they were showing with a the, the the one that effectively you know if you imagine a laptop sat on your desk the one that was the screen that was kind of replacing where the keyboard would be looked like there was someone there with a stylus so you know that and that makes sense to you know you used like a user tablet and a stylus to be able to draw you know do all those kind of things interaction and then have another screen which could be showing something different or uh, even a different view of the same thing so and maybe in a 3d modeling environment that becomes you know really useful but uh, it, it looked innovative I, I would read the press release just to just for a laugh though uh, yeah
1: and and again but when you combine it with a keyboard you know you could have the screens going up but you can also then turn it the other way so you had it was almost like that was lg had that kind of squarer monitor that came out last year which again i thought was a what was an actually actually toyed with you you know buying that as my second monitor i was really Uh,
0: we but with the 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 move to widescreen we lost a lot of vertical space on screens and okay that's kind of been recovered by just having stupid resolutions now um but nevertheless actually screens work better in a slightly squarer format if you're not doing anything while doing anything other than watching movies um, yeah it was so.
1: called the jewel up so it's a 16 by 18 yeah someone format. said that's
0: about the sweet the sweet spot of where you kind of want to be and i, I don't disagree i think i i would agree with that
1: yeah so it was 2560 by 280 eight,
0: pixels and as i said i was like should
1: i yeah <laughs>
0: Sony have announced Project Leonardo that's their uh, PlayStation 5 uh, accessibility controller. So we've already seen Xbox come out with accessibility tools and and devices and PlayStation are now uh, doing similar. This was a a kind of a, a modular idea um, and a sort of it, it comes in a kind of ring um, shaped circular with different buttons and you can reconfigure them and and move them around and you can have more than one controller. Um, so that you can whatever your accessibility needs are, then theoretically there could be a solution you can develop using this uh, modular environment.
1: Uh, yeah, I always thought um, I always thought they were they, they kind of left the market to Microsoft here and Microsoft to the credit put a lot of you know effort into the, the adaptive controllers and they've been out for a number of years now. It always amazed me that Sony did not have you know an alternative considering. Um, considering how many people we are gaming as a you know a release for them um but you know, if you look at the current controllers you know it, it you could know, be almost impossible um, and no, no real voice options either you know it's not like you can be playing one of these games and try to use your voice
0: or other inputs so i wonder i uh, wonder whether they got caught a bit short by microsoft doing that thinking oh yeah, yeah. we've not really done that and now it's just taken this long to sort of come up with a solution they happy uh, yeah. and and seems to work
1: you could be right. You know, if you look at the PS Five controller, I think Microsoft have admitted that some of the features in the main PS Five controller are things they are going to have to bring, and that's been eighteen months. So maybe it just takes just takes a length of time to to get your design department. Again, it looks totally different to Microsoft when it's not like they've just cloned um, Microsofts.
0: I am almost almost worried about how much it's 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 a very good looking controller, right? It looks it looks good, and that almost worries me because you know accessibility shouldn't be about how it looks it should be about how it functions and uh, but equally if you can get both done together then that's that's clever but that it's not a controller that you know i'm ever going to be able to answer those questions it's you know someone else will have to answer whether it's actually any uh good for the the you know for it what it's advertised to do uh finally we get confirmation that uh the the second version of uh, playstation vr is going to be called playstation vr 2 Citing times exactly so this
1: is out in march i think or is it february it's not far away
0: is it that's quite
1: close yeah so um yeah so i can't remember if it was february or march it's not as you said not too far away um and they also confirmed like um the latest gun turismo will have a, a you know vr options with it
0: Um so there's i think 30 games for release being confirmed mm-hmm. And this is OLED display, 2000 by 2000, or just over 2000, per eye panel resolution.
1: It's February 22nd. So um, not very far, away. No, no.
0: no. And crucially, also, it's got uh, 90 hertz and 120 hertz um, supported, which I think the hertz is, over time, that's been kind of key to be able to stop some of that motion sickness that people feel and they actually feel more comfortable watching it. Um, But yeah, 2000 by 2000 pixels per eye, so, you know, four... 4,000 by 4,000 uh, pixels will, resolution be, pumping around, it will, it's moving a lot of data It is,
1: and it's moved, it's tailored to the PS5, um, but unlike the previous one where there was like, I think there was 3 or 4 cables you had to plug in, it's just a single cable um, Yes, yeah, so on board
0: it's got all the cameras and stuff it needs to work out what it's yeah, doing and how it's working, yeah. yeah. But the, um, the the kind of 5 minute previews
1: that all the main gaming sites and YouTubers put out the the, the kind of main reaction was forgot how how good good VR can be you know this is not like a because quest we took type. that step back yeah yeah so it's not like quest level this is like you know proper you know current gen you know fidelity in graphics and in a vr headset so
0: and even that's not going to be the cutting edge of headsets has moved on even more there's options yeah. out there which are pretty pretty spectacular but like it was one of those things we took a step back for convenience which was needed but now we've moved back into well actually this is what you lost when you took the convenience um VR still something I, I loved it for that period, and I still think it's got a position. I just don't think it's they I don't know how they're going to get it nailed, nailed. But anyway, interesting Apple's, times. We've rabbited on far too we'll, much, we'll, haven't we? We'll see Apple's attempt this year. Does I, I don't think. Will they can they nail it? I don't know if they can solve those issues, but anyway, I, I don't I think, think they
1: can either because I think there's just some things they can certainly just...
0: sell something for eight grand to people who lap it up.
1: So, exactly. And that's the I mean, one of the rumors prices uh, is a three grand device, and it's like
0: that is well, Tim needs ridiculous. to get his uh wages back up. He's had to take a 40% wage cut this year, less so I oh, know. <laughs> um, and that was because only 60% of people felt he was worth it, so he's like, oh my god, but anyway, right. But mind you, he was earning like $100 million a year. I think he got a $96 or $98 million bonus last year. Gee whiz. That'll do then, unless you've got anything you particularly want to highlight as a pick or anything along those lines. There's not. Um, apart from I've started blogging again. I'm on Mastodon.
1: And um, I'm actually trying too many little new apps and services. It's, it's I don't know, I took three weeks off over Christmas and I've ended up destroying lots of things that i was
0: just like quite happy with and and doing see whether you can lot...
1: tweak them better yeah yeah and it's just like what
0: am i doing so ian is still the place to go for yep. where your mastodon is and all that kind of stuff all right yep. perfect um i'm not really on any socials anymore i've kind of removed myself from that environment quite now at the moment but d- info d- at any di- pics or anything you're doing or anything you'd like to recommend absolutely nothing info okay. at digitaloutbox.com is what i'd recommend if you want to get in contact with us and we are still on Twitter as Digital Outbox, whether we'll end up having a Mastodon account, who knows. But at the moment, um, yeah, I don't think you'll find anything posted on Twitter. So that is where we are. Happy 2023, everybody. And we will look forward to speaking to you again uh, pretty soon. that's all for now. Goodbye. <audioro> That was very committed of me, wasn't it? (laughs) Some team leader this year. (laughs) We'll do another one at some point. No, I think... uh, Maybe. Optionally.